Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is two guests. That's right, I'm joined by the two directors of one of the greatest horror films ever made, Jaume Barraguero and Paco Plaza, the brains behind the absolute masterpiece Wreck. Now, if you are sitting here right now thinking, I think I know that film. Was it the original before they made Quarantine? Yes, that stupid American remake came along following 2007's absolute brilliant Spanish zombie horror film Wreck. Now, if you haven't seen this film, I urge you to go and check it out. There's also the sequels Wreck 2, 3 and 4. But for me, the original is so, so perfect as a horror film. As far as found footage horror movies go, this is for me the best one out there, and it really did change the genre for me. It really was one of those first films I remember seeing that genuinely scared me, and I can't believe how old it is now, and it still looks unbelievable. Arrow have recently released a special edition Blu-ray, and it looks incredible. The extras on there are amazing, there's loads of making off features, and honestly, the picture quality for the age of the film is just outstanding so I urge you to all go and check out Wreck but I think most people that are listening to the podcast today know this film and love this film because it really is one of the best horrors made. In true typical Mark and Me fashion I do like to touch base and talk about the last episode and it was part of the voice behind the artist specials. I was joined by Dolly and this was a real deep conversation and I've seen a massive response and lots of people saying they've gone and checked out his art since listening and made purchases and that's kind of the ultimate compliment for me in doing these art specials is bringing these incredible artists to your attention. But let's get back on to today's episode. I'm really excited for this one. These directors are geniuses and they brought to me one of my favourite horrors so I'm proud to say here's my interview with Jaume and Paco talking all things horror. Thank you both for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. What I wanted to do is take it right back to the very start and find out what it was that made you both fall in love with film. I think it was through television. I remember watching The, the Incredible Shrinking Man Yeah. Uh, when I was like, uh, I don't know, eight or ten years old uh, in Spanish television. And uh, I think it, that was the first fantasy film I, I, I saw. And so it was my first contact with a film that was telling a story that doesn't happen uh, with an ambition of realism, you know, like, uh, uh, and for me, it was, it, I, I remember, uh, for me, it was like an epiphany. It's like, this is way more interesting than real life with the real, uh, with, with the real rules of how the work work, uh, how the world works. For me, it was, uh, I think that film made something in, in my brain, like uh, planting the idea of that uh, you can be open to stories that through fantasy let you pick, uh, uh, take a peek at, the, at a different uh, world with when, when everything is different and magic is real. So I, I think that was my first connection with fantasy uh, and, uh, and I still remember the impact uh, it created in me as a child. And Jama, how about yourself? I, I have three early memories of, of, of me uh, in connection with, with horror movies. Yeah. The first one, I think the first uh, horror movie I remember, uh, I saw it with my parents uh, when I was a child uh, or a 
very young. Uh, in a drive-in uh, that is very strange in Spain because there's no, uh, actually there's no drive-ins in Spain, uh, but there was one in, uh, in my village and, and we went and we saw um, The Others uh, by Robert Mulligan. Yeah. And I was obsessed. I, 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 I think I decided then I wanted to make uh, horror movies in my life with this movie. Uh, and, and another early memory is when I saw uh, years uh, later uh, Maniac. Um, it was my first approach to a strong uh, horror movie. And I was really, really uh, impressed also. And Paco uh, was talking about uh, the incredible uh, thinking man. And uh, I remember also, I was very, very excited and very, very impressed when I saw uh, in the village, when I, when I uh, spent my, my summers and when I was a child uh, in, in, the the in the theater in that village, uh, it was announced the incredible Melting Man. You know that movie? Yeah. And the announcement was so strong, so disgusting. I was really, really impressed. And I, I remember that like uh, as, as one of the... Of the um, important points for me to go to horror. And I'm sure you've both got this question a lot, but when was it that you, when you two first met and decided that you'd like to kind of work together? One thing is, I think we met in the 90s when we were shooting short films and yeah. uh, we met in, at some short film festival. I'm, I'm never sure if it was in Valencia or it was in San Sebastian, but any of those, uh, because there was a circuit, uh, uh, by that time, there were a lot of uh, short film festivals. And we met there. And years later, I moved to Barcelona because I, I, I shot my first film there. And that, that is when we started to see each other in, in a more regular basis. And, uh, uh, and I think the idea of working together was something very natural, natural because uh, they, they asked Jauma to direct a documentary about uh, uh, Ote, that is like, um, how do you in English? Idol, no? Uh, um, well, like American Idol or, or uh, you know, this kind of, of, of shows, TV shows. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they, they asked Jauma to make a documentary of that, about that uh, TV show. And, and he asked me to come aboard with him and work together. And I, that was our first collaboration, uh, working in a documentary. And we had a lot of fun together and, uh, and we, we became closer and in a very natural way, talking about the films we were thinking about uh, separately. Uh, it came, it, 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 we had the spark of the idea of making something like a horror documentary and 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 i i don't think we never decided to direct it together it was something like we get excited talking and and that we reached a point where okay let's do it together and jama you were just saying um obviously when you first met and etc when you started working on rec to know that you were both directing it's quite a big responsibility did you find the relationship worked really well straight away with you kind of not clashing and did your ideas always gel or was it quite tough both of you being at the kind of the head of the camera directing a big film? For the first time we decided um, to, to make it together and to purchase everything. 
uh, it was just for for us it was just like uh, two two kids uh, playing together and having fun together and there was only one rule uh, we always remember that there's only one rule if there was something an idea uh, that one of us uh, didn't like it then we didn't make it was normally uh, we like all to both together we liked everything that was happening so uh, it was really 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 uh, funny and I think both who were um, managing everything at the same time. I think with Wreck as well, what made it so unique, there was a lot of films that came out afterwards of found footage. You know, we had films every few months. It seemed to be a big trend over in the film industry where so many films were all about the found footage, but you seem to be one of the first out there that did this and you did it well. You couldn't have ever imagined the response to be so, so big when this film came out. Not, 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 not at all, because uh, we, we, we didn't even know it's, it was going to be released, you know. Uh, uh, it was such a tiny thing, tiny adventure. We were having fun together doing a zombie film, but we, we didn't have any expectation and, and nobody did. N nobody had expect uh, expectations of the film being a success or something like that, not at all. And I think that helped in giving us a level of freedom that is very rare to achieve because yeah. we, it was like shooting a film that maybe no one's going to see, you know, or, or it was going to be, I, I remember at a certain point we thought that we were releasing a DVD like to give with a newspaper or <laughs> some kind of, a, it was like an experiment we were uh, we were not doing a horror movie that's going to be in Sitges and in Venice and, and it's going to be released worldwide, not at all. Uh, our ambition was very, very limited with the film. And I think, and that, I think that's a lesson we can extract from our experience in REC, is that the level of freedom we had gave us, you know, took all the weight of our shoulders. So we were just like, improvising creating things i remember writing the end of the film like the day before we were going yes. to shoot it you know like it, it was like very carefree you know and i think that that, that helped the film i think the film breathes so free and so wild because the way it was long and how important was it for you to use the practical effects because without all the cgi i think that's what makes the film so scary watching it back even after three or four times, it still jumps and scares you at the right moments. The, the way that the old lady looks and everything, the makeup and everything, it's done with such care and detail. It looks incredible where I think CGI now would be looking at it and it would probably look dated. Well, I think if we, um, if we made the, the, the movie now, right now, um, probably we, we we would decide to to make uh, to use uh, digital effects. Yeah, it was 15 years ago. It, it, it was not that um, improved. You know, the, the this kind of of of, of uh, probably not in Spain. You know, no. and and then we decided to make it practical. You know, practical effects, and it was very difficult because the shots were uh, live and were very long. And um, normally the, uh, um, 
and special effects, a complex special practical effect happens in the middle of a long shot. And it was very, very difficult to hide the people involved in the effect and the technicians and, and it was really, really difficult. Uh, but we decided to make it this way. Um, and I think, that's what I think, but I think um, you can perceive something more realistic and, and more natural when, when you use uh, practical effects. I love practical effects more than more than special effects, uh, more, more than digital effects. Some of my favorite films, um, obviously, are John Carpenter, so The Thing and Halloween and stuff like that. And the way he uses it all is just incredible. And that's why now, when I watch it back, it still scares me. It still looks real because they took that design and those puppets and those monster designs, and they're, they're timeless for me. Absolutely. Uh, uh, when it is really there, it works, but not only for the audience, but for the actors playing. Uh, you know, we, we we had the feeling that we were shooting a documentary. You know, yeah. and, and and because that woman with all the blood was there, and Javier Botet with his amazing look was there. So you you anything that was going to be scary in the film was really in front of the camera, and I think that helped a lot to the performances of the actors and, and, and uh, to us as directors to watch the final result of the image uh, in real time. And also because um, sometimes the actors didn't know uh, what will happen, what will happen um, next. Um, and, and if we wanted to, to we wanted the actors reacting in a very, very strong way and having a real fear in front of what they were discovering during the shooting, we needed um, uh, practical effects and, and real monsters, not real monsters, but practical monsters appearing. And, and using digital effects will, will not be uh, very helpful this way. And once the film had finished, it had come out, it had done very, very well. Uh, people were absolutely loving it. Did you? plan to then do sequels or was it only because of the amazing response that we got from it and the success that led to then you doing the part two and part three and part four? I, th I think it was it wasn't planned from the beginning not at all. No. Uh, but uh, especially when we were because we were traveling a lot all over the world with the film and watching the reaction of the audiences and people kept asking is it going to be a sequel? Is it when they had asked for a sequel like a thousand times, we thought, well, maybe it's a good idea. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's something that the, the, the come out was so, at every level, was so satisfying for us that it was no reason uh, to not, not to do it. It's like, let's... Uh, Jauma, I, I remember when we were promoting Rec 2, and Jauma said once uh, that it was like the feeling of uh, let's let, let's keep the party going. You know, it's like you know, it's like when you don't want to go home. It's one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock, and it's uh, let's go to the next bar. Yeah. You know, it was like let, let, let's keep let's keep it uh, rolling. And what was your thoughts on the American remake, which obviously was always going to happen once we got a successful film out there, but it happens all the time. We see it all the time. Did you get a chance to see it yourselves? Quarantine. I saw the first one. Um, and it was very, it, it was, 
shocking for me to see the, the movie because it was so similar and so close to Wreck. It was just something was just a, a copy, exact exact copy, exact copy of of Wreck. It was very very shocking. Uh, so it's very difficult for me to to appreciate or, or or judge the movie. I think I'm I'm sure it's 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 okay, but for me it's very difficult because it's something very very very. Uh, uh, close to something I, I uh, we did, yeah. Uh, but I think um, if if it's something different between uh, Wreck and 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 the re and the remake, is the way it was done. You know, um, I think Wreck is very f uh, f fresh, and then Wreck is very scary uh, because the way we we did it and. Bako me and, and, and the actors and, and, and the producers and everybody involved in the movie. Uh, the way we did it was so refreshing um, and, and that's why the movie is like, uh, like it is. And I'm not sure if uh, the remake was done the same way. It's very difficult uh, they did the same way because uh, they had uh, the, the, the reference of Wreck. Yeah. Uh, so. Did you watch it as well, Paco? Were you a fan or did you not bother? I, I, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure if I have seen it. No, <laughs> I, 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 I've seen part of it for sure because I remember Jennifer Carpenter, yeah, uh, dressed as Manuela. But uh, uh, I'm not sure if I've it, because it's very. It's, it, it, I remember it was very, very, very similar. Uh, but one thing that I, I think, just the fact of they making a remake. Uh, highlighted a lot uh, the original. It was yeah. uh, all over, especially in the United States. They began they began to talk a lot about Wreck just because they were making a remake. So I think it helped a lot to the popularity of our own film. So I, I think I, we we have to be grateful that they made it because it, it's like a, like like. Mm, uh, moving the spotlight to your movie to say oh, oh, th there is something that's worth watching there. Okay? Yeah, so I, I, I think it helped a lot, uh, and I'm very happy they made it because uh, I, I think it helped a lot in Rec being more popular. And I remember when, um, when they were shooting the movie, the remake. But uh, we, we were Paco and me. We were in in Los Angeles. They were shooting in Los Angeles, and the producers. Uh, were very kind and they invited us to the shooting and we visited and oh, it was great to visit it and, and, and to see people making something you did before and they were so excited and, and it was really, really uh, exciting for us. And they had a very good ice cream. You remember they gave us ice cream. <laughs> you know, they, they had an ice cream machine in the, in, but just in, on, in the set. Wow. In the set. And, 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 and we were like amazed, like, wow, they have ice cream. And yes. um, I've been there all day, just eating it all day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as Jauma said, they were very, very kind. They yeah. were really nice. And uh, uh, it, was, it was really shocking to see they built a set that was so similar to our set. That was not a set. Our set was a real location. But Yeah. So it was very impressive that they reproduced something that it is that is in Barcelona, you know? <laughs>
And now we're sitting here, we've got the release out this year with Arrow, who always spend a lot of time on their releases. They go to detail, they do amazing commentaries, amazing packaging, brilliant art. They really do spend a lot of time making sure the attention to details there. It must be great to be revisiting this for you guys and seeing all these new features and stuff and commentaries and that. It must be a great time to see the fans fall back in love with this film. You know, what this really amazing and it's something we we never had expected uh, is that 15 years later we would be talking about this film and you know it was going it's going to be re-released in the uk it's something that uh, uh, we're very grateful to arrow that uh, giving this second life to the to the film and it's something for for me it's even moving you know it's like Wow, it's it's amazing because we were so young when we did it. We're young now, but we were much younger uh, at the time. Yeah, and uh, uh, I can't wait to watch because I haven't seen it physically. The no, uh, because they're going to send it uh, this week, and I can't wait to have it in my hands. And have you had chance to do anything new for it? Have they asked for stuff that we've not seen before? So maybe any documentaries or making ofs or commentaries, or is it all? Maybe maybe new for the UK audience because yeah. we we had a very extensive making of here in in the Spanish version. Yeah, we had a, a huge. Uh, you know, the film is like seventy minutes, and the making of is like three hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we have a book, and we have a you know there there are, there is a lot of material here that maybe wasn't released at the time in the UK side. So, so so now. British audience are having the chance to to access to it, so I'm very happy about that. And what's the future looking like for you guys? Have you got any plans to do any more stuff together, or are you doing separate projects at the moment, or how's it looking? Obviously, with the lockdown, it doesn't help. But is there stuff that you're both working on? We are we we have a separate uh, project at the moment, and uh, actually, we made uh, the three wrecks together, and that's all. Uh, after that, he made uh, Paco made. Uh, Films and I'm in my uh, mind, uh, but we were talking before uh, about um, possibility uh, to make a, a rec uh, five because people always uh, ask about what do you want to make rec five? It's going to be a rec five in the future, and and we don't know. We'll see. Is that is that likely? I mean, is it something you both have started to kind of brainstorm and have ideas for, or is it just a thought at the moment? I have an idea that I'm, I'm going to tell John <laughs> later. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't told him yet. But I think it would be nice to make the film to release it in the 20th anniversary. Oh, no. Nice. Like, like when it's... Uh, so we have time to shoot it. Yes. And uh, it would be nice. Nice to to make like Rec Twenty, not Rec Five, Rec Twenty. It's like the twentieth <laughs> edition, you know, twentieth anniversary, and maybe it's not going to be the Niña Medeiros. We will be like Miss Mrs. Medeiros because she's grown up now. <laughs> and a question that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, and I'd like you to both answer it, is: What advice do you give to people that are listening that want to become filmmakers like yourself? Um, we have a lot of people that listen that are at film school or becoming directors. What advice do you give these people to try and make a name for themselves in an industry that is so hard to get recognized in? Well, I think it's true that the industry is very, is very um, strong. It's very difficult to, 
to achieve to make um, your your future film your own your own future film but uh, my advice is um, to shoot yeah create and shoot and never stop shooting um, especially today because um, young people um, have the elements uh, to uh, to create and to shoot all the time uh, when I when I was um, a child and I wanted to start making little movies and short movies it was very difficult to have just the handicam or, or, or to edit uh, what you were shooting with your with your little camera uh, because the technology was very different than, than, than now uh, but now you have everything you need and and never stop shooting shoot shoot and shoot so I, I'm going to steal the advice. I, I read Akira Kurosawa uh, when he was asked this question. He always said, read a lot, read a lot of novels, a lot of books, because uh, you will grow as a person. And when you uh, and so you will have something to express when you when you take a camera. Yeah, I want to thank you both for taking the time to come on the podcast. Um, but I wish you all the luck with that release. I think it's going to do really well. And I think a lot of people are going to jump on board and then discover the film for the first time, even though it's a 15-year-old film now. I think there's a lot of horror fans that will then discover it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. So there it is. There's my interview with Jaume and Paco, the absolute brains behind the incredible film Wreck. I really love this interview and the passion they both still have after four of these films and it sounds to me like they may have gave away a bit of a world exclusive there. I don't know if you picked up but Paco was talking about how he's got some ideas for Rec 5. Now I've not read any information about this online, I've not seen this in any magazines so maybe if we see this in the news over the next few weeks remember you first heard this on markandme.com because... That sounds to me like he let more out than he was meant to. So that's really exciting. And I, hope to, I really do hope we get to see Rec 5. Again, a massive thanks to both of those for taking the time to come on here and promote Rec. And as I said at the start of today's episode, Arrow Film have just released a Blu-ray edition of this film. It's the best opportunity and chance to get this film and at the best quality. The special features alone are worth the money, but the film itself, like I said at the start of today's episode, is easily my favourite found footage horror. It's one of my favourite horrors ever made, and all my friends that love horror, and a lot of the listeners out there I know, will adore this film. But if you are new to this and you've not heard of it, go and check it out, and then jump on markandme.com, go onto my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram, and let me know what you think, because I really do think you're going to absolutely fall in love with this horror film. It's an absolute classic. Also, if you want to support the podcast, I have a Patreon page. I've got some incredible prizes every month to give away, from companies like Dead Good Tees, Last Exit to Nowhere, some prints and posters from Vice Press, and honestly, whatever I can get my hands on, some Blu-rays, signed stuff, merch, it will be on there for you guys out there to say thank you for supporting the podcast. But not only that, for as little as a pound a month, you're guaranteed one episode a week. That's four a month of Mark and Me. And right now, my good friends at Vice Press have been good enough to give me some amazing prizes to promote. And at the moment, they've given me a Dracula and Frankenstein set of prints by Greg Staples. And honestly, if you go over to vicepress.com and check these out, you'll probably end up buying them before entering the competition. They're beautiful. 
They've been good enough to give me a set of these which I'll be giving away over the next few days on my social media channel. So go on to markandme.com and on there there's my Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for all details. And in the meantime, jump over to vicepress.com and treat yourself to some awesome posters. Things are looking really busy for Mark and me right now and the episodes are coming through more and more. I'm interviewing a whole range of different people and I'm really excited to share these episodes with you. It's not going to slow down anytime soon and I'll be back within the next few days with a brand new episode. So until then, thanks for supporting the podcast, stay safe and I'll see you all soon. Yeah.